All right, it's a live episode of Locked on Pelicans. FanDuel seems to rate the Pelicans rather low. Are they right? Are they wrong? Let's take a look at the odds in today's live episode of Locked on Pelicans and answer your questions. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all live on Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central. We do these every single week in the off season. We are three days a week on the show. Monday is Countdown Monday. Wednesdays is What If Wednesdays. We did both of those this week, which were a lot of fun. And now we get the live show where I'll take your questions, have a different topic every single week as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's hang out. Let's talk some Pels basketball overall. I don't know, other things going on in the city here too, so it's a lot of fun. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday during the season, the number one Pelicans podcast coming to you like no one else is, giving you the topics and the insight that you want to hear for your second listen today. Go check out Locked On Saints. Ross Jackson, who I'm going to see on Saturday, and I'm excited to see him because he's the most awesome dude ever, is covering everything black and gold from training camp. So... Make sure Locked On Saints is your second listen today. We say, see uh, a number of y'all in the chat here. Let me know if you're an everyday or in the chat, by the way. It's the best way to support the channel here. Nola G says, Jake, Mr. Everydayer here, baby. I love it. Quincy Davis. What up, Jake? Hey, man. Ray Lusteau, and we're live. We are live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Savage is just throwing a W in the chat, and I love it. We also got Kevin Byers. Always looking forward to today's broadcast. I appreciate appreciate y'all making Locked On Pelicans part of your day. We are rocking today. I'm going to have to move the mic here. The trying to get it in the frame. The John O. Barnes special this ish more than a game shirt which i just got in the mail these are awesome like really good quality not cheap shirts too uh and i also love the price at 28 dollars and three cents is pretty perfect and i had to buy two of them because of that i have it in the tulane colors too so you'll see me at a tulane game wearing one of these at some point this season ray says ross is killing it on saints coverage i think he's part of the network so i'm always gonna back my boy but legitimately ross is awesome awesome at Saints coverage. And as I've gotten to know him personally over the years, he's honestly like one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. If I ever needed anything, like anything, he would go out of his way to help me and he would do that for anybody. And he would honestly probably do it for his listeners as well. If someone like DM'd him, like I need a ride to the hospital, I think he would pick them up and like take them. He's that awesome of a person. So you've got to make Locked On Saints uh, a listen if you haven't already. So we'll, we'll take your questions. I'll keep talking to y'all in the chat here as we go on through the show. We There's no kind of real stop time. I tend to go 30, 45 minutes or so. But I want to look at FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Locked On, by the way. And some of the odds that they have for the Pelicans. Because I think they are undervaluing the New Orleans Pelicans a little bit. And I get why. And let's start with the wins total. 
44 and a half wins is the betting line per FanDuel for the Pelicans. Let me know in the chat, are you picking above 44 and a half, so 45 or more wins, or are you going lower than that? 44 and a half wins this past season, because it, it feels low, right? It feels low if, and what's the if? Y'all know, you don't need me to say it. Health, right? If they're healthy, 44 and a half seems low. They got 42 wins this past year. 44 and a half seems low if this team is good. And if they're good, they're healthy. It's really kind of as simple as that, right? If they're healthy, they're not going to be a bad team. So that feels low. But 44 and a half wins would have tied. So 44 wins would have tied them last season with the Clippers and Warriors at 44 and 38. That would have been, that's tied for the fifth seed. If they had gotten to 45 wins, that gets you top four. So if they go over, over the 44 and a half, so 45 wins, they're a top four seed in the Western Conference. The Phoenix Suns were fourth at 44, 45 and 37. So while at first I was like, wait, this feels a little bit low, maybe not. You know, if this team is a top four seed in the West, I am... Good. Like, I'm good with that, right? I'm really, really good with them being a top four seed. They don't need to be one, two, three. Just kind of be in that mix, and I would be absolutely thrilled. So do you think that number's high, low? Do you think that number's just right? And I kind of feel like it is kind of just right. I feel like if they're healthy, if they're getting 65-plus games, and honestly, I'd rather 70 games out of Zion and B.I., they should kind of smash that number here. Ray Lusto says it's all about the health. Above 44 for sure if we get 60 games of B.I. and Zion together. Easy lock if that happens. Yeah, like I think when you look at all of these odds with the Pelicans, they're really not banking on health of this team. They're really not banking on availability of this team. And I understand the skepticism with that, right? They haven't proven it. You haven't seen it, especially from Zion. But... It feels like you could make some money, and I'm not advocating to bet on anything in particular here. That's up to you, though. I'm planning to take the over. You know, because what am I going to do? Not think they're going to be healthy, not bank on health? I cover the team. You kind of have to, right? You've got to have a little bit of optimism in it. So I'm going to kind of maybe put my money where my mouth is with all of this, and I'm curious what all y'all's plans here uh, fight says, or is it flight says if Zion, it should be flight says if Zion's healthy, 50 plus wins. Yep. Uh, Mc, Evander, uh, Frego says Pelican's health. He's praying. Yeah. We all, we all need to do that. Odwin Green, I see your question about the center. We'll get into that probably in the third segment. We can talk about that too. And Nology says, in all honesty, I appreciate the low grades because it places a chip on the team's shoulder. Go out and prove the non-believers wrong. I don't know if they're really looking at that. But if they are, that's kind of cool. And I like that. And it kind of motivates them a little bit. And I'm sure they've seen it to some degree. A couple of the other things that I want to look at really quickly here is their title odds. 13th best to win the title at plus 4,700. I think they'll finish. If you're looking at like regular season record or even at the end of the season after the playoffs as better than the 13th best team. Let's say, do you get what I mean by that? You know, if, if they make the final 
12, something like, you know, whatever it might be, right? You get eight on each side. So 16 teams make the playoffs. If they make the second round, you kind of get up there a little bit. So they're kind of into that like final eight or or so, I think. And I do think they can get to the second round of the postseason. So they finish better than 13th. But I don't think they should have particularly great title odds because, yeah, they it's unlikely, even though we talked about what it would take to do it on Wednesday in that show, unlikely. So title odds... Plus 4,700 is not bad. I'm probably not going to take that because I don't think they're going to end up winning the title. Zion is way low on the MVP list. Let me see if I can find where he was and what his odds were. They're not particularly great. He's plus 5,000. It is, let me see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. He's 15th on the MVP list. Like, yeah. You know, he has an outside shot if the Pelicans have a top three record in the West, if they win 50 plus games and he's healthy for most of them. Like, yeah, I could see that happening, but he doesn't have particularly good odds. And again, it's banking in the fact that he hasn't really played. You know, I looked up some of the odds for Trey Murphy, the third to win most improved. He's plus 6,000. He's like 25th to 30th, I think, on that list. I agree with that. I don't really think he has a realistic shot at winning most improved player. One, you probably need to be a starter to do that. And even if he's a starter, he's the third option, fourth option, you know, on that team. That's going to kind of limit some of the the role that he's going to be able to kind of play. And like, I don't see him because of Zion, Brandon Ingram. CJ, you know, whoever the center is, and we can talk about that, you know, I don't see him being most improved player because he's just not going to have some of the usage rate that maybe you need to show that off. Like if he's not going to be a 20 point per game score, I don't know if he's going to be in the running to be the most improved player of the year. Let me know what you think though. Do you think he has a better shot at it? Do you think he's a better shot at six man of the year if he is coming off of the bench? That's always an interesting one as well. So we'll start to take your questions. We can look at trades. We can talk centers, whatever it is you want to talk about. This time is yours and we'll cover it all coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Ibotta, same as on the Pelicans jerseys. So whether you're picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue or you're doing shopping for yourself, you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for doing it with Ibotta? Basically, Ibotta is going to give you cash back for the stuff that you're already buying. And they give you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or you just upload your receipt after you shop and you could get your cash back. It's really that easy. Just take a picture of the receipt. As simple as that. And the average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. It's $120 just right into your pocket for the shopping that you're already doing. I've started uploading my receipts because it takes two seconds and there's no reason not to. And other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but I bought it gets you real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal or gift cards. And you also can do it on online brands and retailers like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy and more. And right now I bought it is offering locked on listeners $5 just for trying I bought it when you use the code locked when you register. So just just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, use code LOCKED, you get $5 and you're going to start getting cash back on the purchases you're making already. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, like the jersey patch on the Pelicans, in the Google Play and App Store and use code LOCKED. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, though right now we're three days a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday live show is the Friday show. The number one Pelicans podcast coming to you like no one else does. I love being here with y'all answering your questions. This is all your time to shine. I got topics we can talk about or I'll take your questions here in the chat. Before... I look at the chat here. I want to shout out. It's White Linen Night this Saturday here in New Orleans. It's actually one of my favorite nights of the year. I'm a big art fan, so it's really cool to go in and out of the galleries. One of my best friends is exhibiting, uh, has an exhibit over at Nail Bar Nola on Julia Street for White Linen Night. My buddy Zach Vaughn is a collage and pop artist using water and like marbling nail polish to create controlled abstract chaos exploring uh, you know he's a big comic book fan like i am so it's a lot of comic book art using nail polish and other creative mediums i'm going to be there hanging out with him for a little while so if you're out at white linen night stop at nail bar nola to go see zach vaughn's show you may run into me there if you do let's talk some pels russ jackson's going to be with me too so you might run into both of us there for everything so let's get back to you all in the chat and talk about what you want to talk about. And I already see some talk about the center position here. Oh, hey, look at uh, <laughs> John O'Barnes here rocking the shirt, tuning out the exciting NFL preseason right quick to tune in and say, like the comments have said, that's really an awesome shirt, Jake. It is a pretty awesome shirt. And again, the price point of $28.03 I might have just bought one and then he does something like that and it's like I want all of them now just to support it for for the price. That like could not be the most anything better than the most perfect price point for these shirts. I have the Tulane green one too, so I'm going to be rocking that for probably Tulane's opener this season. Denzel Horton says every day or comment. I love it. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for being an everydayer of the show. Make sure Locked on Saints is your second listen today. Ross Jackson is awesome. And so Okay, we've got, we've got, as I'm looking at the chat here, a lot of questions about the center position. So let's get into this one. And, and nothing's really changed. And this, the original one here is um, Odwin Green. Do we really need another center? The Pelicans don't need another center. I don't know if they really need anything right now. They are looking to maybe remake the roster a little bit because... You don't use that center position as effectively. Do you really need a high usage center, which Jonas Valanciunas is, when you have Zion, when you have Brandon Ingram, when you have CJ, when you have Trey Murphy, who should, you know, even if he won't win most improved player, take a step forward. I don't know if you need to kind of invest the money of the salary cap, that percentage of the salary cap to a center that you just don't use and don't close games with. So you don't need another center. She's fine. You could use him as you did. It's just not the most effective use of money. Some teams don't need to be using their money most effectively, but the Pelicans in a small market, a team that's never paid the luxury tax, do. So you kind of need to at least explore trying to be as efficient as possible with every dollar. And that's why you look to trade Jonas Valanciunas. Not because he's bad. He's not a bad center. I actually think he's a little underrated defensively. You do it just because it's not the proper way that you're using him. So that's why they're doing this. They don't need another center. So if you can upgrade it, though, you should try to. And Nola G says, what are the real odds of us getting Jared Allen from Cleveland? And why would the Cavs make the move? And then Kevin Byer says, if the Pels are shopping Jonas, why has it not happened yet? 
And then I see a couple other things here and we will answer those questions too because it ties to this here. I mean, it, you know, in terms of why hasn't a deal happened yet, it's not easy. You know, Jonas has one year left, so he's an expiring deal. You know, his style of play, while still good, and we've seen him score a lot of points, isn't, you know, what you do in today's NBA all the time. He's kind of a, a lumbering, not back to the basket big, but post up big. And, you know, is there a spot for those type of guys in the NBA? The answer is yes, but you have to have someone who wants that too. And despite him shooting threes, he's not a court spacer like some other centers are. They don't guard him out there on the perimeter. So it limits the effectiveness of everything. And he's not a good defender, certainly. So it's tough to find a deal. It's just tough to find a deal unless you're willing to give up a lot of future first-round picks to make it happen. And I think the Pelicans realize they need to be very smart with future draft assets. I did a show saying they have one or none second-round picks for the next like six, seven years. You need those second-round picks to help get deals done and so they need to be very careful with what they're doing with the remaining hicks and assets that they have so it's just tough to get a deal done jake warren says every day you're here a little late appreciate it by the way every day i asked the official locked on like people it's two words every day is two words is what i have officially learned kyle brown says i'm an every day love it love y'all for making locked on pelicans part of your day so let's go back to the center talk. Nola G says, what are the real odds of us getting Allen from Cleveland and why would the Cavs make the move? So the Cavs, again, I think they're in a similar position to the Pels. They don't need to make a move. Jared Allen on his contract is a very good player. Jared Allen is very good. I love Jared Allen. I think he makes a ton of sense, even if he doesn't shoot threes. There's vertical spacing too, which if you're an everyday, you've heard me talk a lot about. If you're a guy that can play above the rim and you stand in the dunker spot, you got to put a body on him. And that spaces the court a little bit, not as well as a three-point shooter would, say for Zion Williamson, but it does some of that. The reason that I think they look to move on from Jared Allen, and this actually came from me going on the Locked On Cavs podcast, where I learned a lot as a guest on that show. They wanted me to come on and talk about Evan Mobley and what his offensive future could be like. They kind of viewed him maybe as an Anthony Davis kind of offensive player. And they think that he will be the absolute focal point of that team in the future. I looked at it as he's going to be number two to Donovan Mitchell, but they think his offensive game could be that good or the Cavs are going to move on from Donovan Mitchell that if you really want to elevate Evan Mobley, you probably need a different center than Jarrett Allen because they don't work too well. He also completely flopped. He also completely had a terrible playoff series against the New York Knicks. He was awful in that series. So you have that kind of recency bias of he struggled in a playoff series and we just want to free up stuff for Evan Mobley. That was eye-opening to me. And this is why our locked on shows are so important. I never would have thought that. I would have thought Donovan Mitchell, that's your number one, not Evan Mobley. And they're like, no, 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 it's going to be Evan Mobley. It should be Evan Mobley. These are the people that cover the Cavs on a daily basis. They know that team better than probably anybody. So when I went on and heard that, I go, okay, I, I believe y'all, right? Same thing. National media gets some things wrong about the Pelicans and then here and other shows too, we're not getting it wrong. So, you know, and we know the team better. So that's, I think, why they would move him. You know, you, he's still good and useful and they're in no rush to do something like that. So you're going to need to use first round picks, a Lakers pick, a couple bucks picks, maybe even a Pelicans pick. Like it's going to take at least two 
given some of those picks shouldn't be particularly great. So they could do that, but then you're also still, you know, dealing with being over the luxury tax and, or sorry, into the luxury tax. And that's a problem. James Beard says, if we get under the cap by moving Cairo, we can keep JV and resign him for, for uh, far less money. Let's go cheap at the center position. Uh, I mean, maybe, yeah, that's why, you know, it, it depends if the Pelicans want to pay the luxury tax or not. Would they pay the luxury tax for this team? I think they're trying to avoid it. If you added Jared Allen onto the team, would they pay the luxury tax for that? I hope so. <laughs> I would. I would pay the luxury tax every year, but it's not my money. So that's where I think it really kind of comes down to it. Uh, Flight says, when are the Pelicans going to use their picks in a trade? Maybe never. <laughs> like, maybe never. They've used some. They've used some, you know, to bring in Valanciunas, they used an extra one to get Devontae Graham. They used one um, for CJ. They've done it. So they've used some of those picks. They just haven't used them on like that, like superstar level move. And they haven't used one, you know, really in a minute here, but they've used some picks to, to get some deals done that they wouldn't have been able to get done otherwise. You know, one of the things I think they also need to look at is the CBA is putting like a hard deadline in like two or three years on virtually any team that is over the luxury tax. Whether you're good or not, you're going to have to dismantle your team. The Cavs or the Celtics are going to have to dismantle their team in two or three years. It, you know, that Jalen Brown extension, the highest paid player in NBA history, 300 plus million dollars, literally. And we talked about this on Locked On. Sorry, as I hit my chair here. Locked On NBA with John Krause, who covers the Celtics. We did this a week ago. It literally starts a clock ticking right? It's going. That doomsday clock, right? We're in two minutes to midnight. Awesome Iron Maiden song. Um, and that's whether you're competitive or not. If the Pelicans never make the playoffs, but they're in the luxury tax, they're going to have to dismantle the team no matter what. Whether you're good or bad, if you're over the luxury tax, you're going to have to dismantle your team in two or three years. So those picks, if you nail them, if you get them right, turn into players that can be used to replace the guys that you need to trade. You need to trade away CJ McCollum. Well, you've got Trey Murphy ready. If you have to get rid of someone else, if you've hit on a first-round pick and they're on that rookie deal or even that second extension, that first extension, then you can use that guy and it gives you, it just makes it easier to move on from some of these high-priced guys. You need to kind of build that pipeline of talent. They might use those picks for that sort of things. And that's why I think they also might be hesitant to deal these picks away, you know, almost just for the sake of making a trade to kind of appease a fan base that seems a little nervous about some of the lack of moves this season. But it goes back to what we talked about in the first segment here now. Just bank it on health, right? Like it's banking on health. If this team is healthy, they don't need a big trade using those picks and they can use those picks to take players. You know, they still view Dyson Daniels very highly, you know, I think, you know, Hawkins, Jordan Hawkins is fine. That was more for need than for, or more for fit than it was for like potential and talent because that's where they are right now. But I think in the future, you're going to see him go for talent again and take big swings for, you know, types of players that they kind of have. So that's, I think, a big part of why they haven't moved a lot of those other picks just yet is they want to build a pipeline knowing that they're going to have to deal with the salary cap situation, which I've been telling y'all about if you're an everyday since the trade deadline, which is why they didn't include a guy like Jackson Hayes in a deal. So coming up, we can go long now. I had to hit this ad break and then we can take your questions. We, we can chat for a while here um, and keep going for a couple of minutes. So 
Your questions coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the Pelicans. We always do these live shows every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central. And I really appreciate y'all being here for making Locked On Pelicans part of your day whenever it is that you listen. And if you listen every day and you're an everydayer, two words, y'all are the best. If you see me out on Saturday, come say hi. I probably will be with Ross Jackson. Um, so you can get your Saints and Pelicans questions in. We have some we have some fun plans. We're going to do a joint live show where you can come see us in person, um, like live on location show. Last week, he went live right before I did. We'll probably switch that up where I go live right before him. So you can watch one episode of Locked On Pelicans or Locked On Saints and then go watch the other one. We'll each do 30 minutes. You get an hour of Locked On. So it's a lot of fun. Um so yeah. And if you're an everydayer, let me know in the chat. Brandon Oliver says, what's up? What's up, dude? Dolores Spikes has asked this twice now. Are you Joe Ingles? I am not Joe Ingles, but I have been told that I look like Jose Calderon. Actually, Anthony Davis told me that I look like Jose Calderon one time. Uh, and that's where that joke has come from. I think um, Furkan Korkmaz is the other one that I've gotten to. Basically, any kind of white dude with a beard and like hair that looks like this, I pretty much get told I look like. So yeah, that's kind of, kind of correct here with everything. Kevin Byer says, as we were talking about in the last segment, love CJ would, lo- would love to move him. Like, love you, man, but goodbye. Here's the door, right? You don't need to buy a home here. Have you ever learned the true cost of ownership? Something like that. So we can get back into uh, your questions here. Brandon Oliver says, love the show, Jake. Love you for tuning in and all of y'all for being here. I do these for you. These are fun. I enjoy interacting with everybody. So this is great. Thank you all so much for being here. Milo Hamilton asks, what do you think Trey's potential future contract will be assuming he continues his growth this year? I don't have the CBA numbers in front of me, but I, I can make this one pretty simple. He's going to get the max extension that he can. Like he's going to get at that full on, you know, your rookie deal ends, you're up for an extension. He's going to get a max. It's just really as easy as, as that. He will get a max deal. He will get the most money he possibly can and will come from the Pelicans. If they try to lowball him or anything like that, he's a, he'll be a restricted free agent. Another team can just offer it to him and then the Pelicans match. So another team will offer him a max. There is no need to even try and play cute with this one. He can be that good. So just give him the max. And I do think that's what he will, will end up, sorry, have happening there. So, yeah, that's what his contract's going to be, which also makes this team even more expensive. And that's going to put C.J. McCollum probably pretty hard on the trade block at that point in time. Noel G says, do you think that the new CBA will eliminate the only one franchise players? It's kind of already been eliminated, right? Like, you mean a guy playing his whole career for one team? Not like you can only have one franchise player on your team at a time, which, you know, like the, the designated player rules and all of those things. I think... Am I reading that right? Do I understand the question of like guys only play for one franchise? I think that's already probably gone, right? Who's the the longest tenured player on any team in the league right now? Like I'm actually kind of curious about that. And I don't know off of the top of my head, like Bradley Beal was just traded. Damian Lillard's been there for a long time. He's about to be traded, right? Like who's been with their franchise longer than either of those guys? They were the same draft class too. Beal went... Third, fourth, and Lillard went sixth, I think it was, sixth or seventh. Um, 
So who's been with their teams longer than than those guys? I can't think. There's probably someone, and I just can't think of that uh, really right now. Udonis Haslam just retired, but he wasn't really like a level of those kind of guys. Steph was a little bit. Was Steph before? Steph was before. Yeah, Steph has been there for a while, right? Basically, everyone on. Um, yeah, that was the obvious one that I missed. I, I get it. <laughs> um, Haslam doesn't count because. He's a role player, not really playing very many minutes, but Steph is one. You know, those are much more the outliers than the norm, right? That team just, you know, part of that is also because his first, Steph's, Steph Curry's first deal was they underpaid because of the injuries. So he signed this extension that was just so underpaying him because he got healthy the next year and became the MVP and was dramatically underpaid for a couple of years given his production. And that allowed him to keep those other guys when maybe that wouldn't have been the case. So that's more of an outlier. I don't think it'll outright eliminate it, but I don't think we're really in an era where you see guys staying with one team. You know, think about it in terms of like this. The takeover says Damian Lillard hasn't been traded. He, he's going to get traded. <laughs> he's, that, that's going to happen. We can, we, we, can, we can safely say that right now, I feel like. Diesel 24. LeBron. It's like laughing after that one, right? Um, you know, how many guys signed a third contract with their team, with the team that drafted them? Very few. It's it's pretty hard to do. How many signed a fourth contract, right? It starts to get very small. You know, Giannis is still there, but he hasn't. he's only been in the league since uh, he was after some of the other guys that we mentioned here. I can't remember when he was drafted, 2013, 14, something like that, I believe. Um, so it, it really just depends. And, I, you know, until Giannis does his whole career with the Bucks, I'm not going to think that he's going to be a one franchise guy. I think you're going to hear a lot of smoke about him potentially wanting out in subsequent years. That also could just be the... Uh, media with everything diesel 24 says still don't see how the warriors have kept their core for so long it's a combination of like luck winning and then also you know a big part a big part of it is they print money they print money they have more money than any other team so they can pay those guys most teams don't have that and that's why you've seen some other things you know happen and all of those things. Voice of Reason asks, do they let players eat on the sideline? I've never seen it, but is there a rule against it? I don't know if there's a rule against it. Actually, you know, honestly, there probably is because we don't see it. We've seen um, Russell Westbrook eat a hot dog on the sideline, I think, while he was playing or maybe not. Maybe he was out injured in that, but they can go to the locker room if they need something like that. Also, I think they, they time their meals, you know, the team has all of that stuff for them so that they don't really need to eat during a game because you can't imagine you can wolf down some food in the middle of a basketball game and go out and like run up and down the court. So that's uh, not ideal, probably. So that's also probably why you don't see guys eating on the sidelines. Funny question, though, with everything. Um, Brett Dominique says, do the players really get into New Orleans culture in food? Which ones have hated it and loved it? That's a great question. Some do and some don't. Some do and some don't. Look, Anthony Davis loved the food at Hooters. You know, I don't know so much about the rest of the city, but CJ McCollum certainly has gotten into going out and having dinners at places. JJ Redick was one too. You can kind of guess the guys that really sort of dig that sort of thing. You know, Chris Paul did. Um, the Anthony Davis one is a joke. He ate elsewhere. They all love Desi Vega Steakhouse. You know, there's other places they like too, but um, 
you know, some do, some don't. They live very different lives than we do. You know, it, it's, that's part of the reason why I don't know if, it's part of the reason why it's not a big free agent destination. I've talked to pro players about this. I actually had this conversation with Deuce, Deuce McAllister one time. And he was like, even NFL players aren't like, heck yeah, I want to go play in New Orleans, live in New Orleans. Everyone wants to be New York, Miami, LA. They like clubs. They like those kind of things. You know, Herb Jones wouldn't like that stuff. But a lot of the players do. And New Orleans just doesn't have a lot of that. The restaurants are great. But these guys are also very careful about what they put in their bodies, what they're eating and things like that. So it probably limits that to a certain degree. I love dive bars. I don't know if players do. Diesel24 says, B.I. and Trey look ripped. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the stuff from Team USA, and they look absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm excited about what B.I. is going to look like coming into the season here. That was a, a lot of fun stuff. Are, we, are there? Oh, I don't want to see. Okay. Like, yeah, we don't need to do some of the things that are that are in the chat here with everything. Um we gotta be careful here. Just in the uh, in, in the ch- in the chat, I see um, Quincy Pondexter used to hit up a lot of the good eateries in town. Says Ray, yeah, that makes sense. He he was an interesting one. You know, he was a very thoughtful, smart guy. He's coaching now for the University of Washington, which is cool, which is where he played. So it's really great to see him doing other things with his career. You know, his career kind of ended to help the Pelicans get into the playoffs. When they did knee surgery on him, they found it was like way worse and he had been really hurt and not telling anybody about it. So that was certainly something that was kind of a shock and kind of derailed the rest of his career from there. Dolores Spikes asks, should the Pels get Christian Wood? No. No, they should not. I like the... So I'm going to have to do a show on that. You might be able to get him for cheap, right? Like you get him almost at the vet minimum at this point because he just doesn't seem to have much of a market. The problem is that's a dude who has worn out his welcome literally on every team that he has been on. Every single team he has been on, he has worn out his welcome. And quickly. Like he's just not a good locker room person. And the fact that he hasn't been signed yet tells you something. There's a lot of talent there. He can score. Like he can score. And no team wants him at all. Like, that's something. Dallas traded for him last year. That was like a their big offseason acquisition was getting Christian Wood. And then by the end of that, they were like, screw this guy. 16 points per game, 7 rebounds. His career averages of 15 points per game, 7.3 rebounds. And he shoots 38% from three on three and a half attempts per game. And no one wants this dude. I mean... It kind of just tells you like everything there, right? And so, yeah, you could sign him for cheap, but there's a reason for that. And it's just probably not worth like whatever drama, other stuff that he brings. So like I would say no Christian would to that. Keeping with the center theme, and I meant to get back to this one. So thank you for reminding me of this Denzel Horton asks any chance we could poach Murray or Capella in the Hawks eventual implosion it's ha- that like that implosion is going to happen right like that implosion seems like it's going to happen you know Capella is similar ish to Jared Allen rim protecting you know vertical lob threat big I don't hate the idea let me pull up his like contract and see what that looks like 
Uh, I don't think they really want to move Capello for Jonas Valanciunas, and that's kind of what you've got to be looking at with that. You know, Capello's a, a low-usage guy that I think could make sense, you know, but at 20 million, 20.6 million this season, 22.26. I don't know if I want to pay the luxury checks for Capella. Jared Allen, yes, who's a better version of him in younger. Capella, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not sold on that idea, like incredibly sold on that idea. I don't think it's like a horrible idea, but I don't particularly love it. Dolores Spike says, what if Christian Wood comes off the bench? I mean, it's, it's not about his production or anything like that. It's about just the locker room presence and all of that. So I don't think it really matters like what his role is. It's just, you don't want that dude. And so that's, I think the issue there. If you can get him for cheap, like, look, if they signed him on a pure vet minimum, I can get behind it and I can talk myself into it. We got to just tread very carefully, but you can also then just be like, this guy's got to go later and you know, whatever. So like right there, I think it's, Fine if you get him on the vet min, but anything else, like, no. Uh, a couple bench questions here. What are the chances that CJ comes off the bench in exchange for Trey? I don't think it's high this season. I think when you're looking at whether Trey Murphy or Herb Jones starts, and I'm going to do a full show or, like, multiple shows on that um, coming into, as we get closer to, like, training camp, when it's going to be a little bit more relevant, that the question isn't whether it's CJ or Trey. I think it's whether it's Trey or Herb Jones. That's going to be the debate, not CJ. Um, Ray Lusto says, I would love to see CJ come off the bench. Like, I think maybe eventually that'll happen, but I don't think they're going to do that right away. I think that's you know kind of the problem. Like, CJ's got to be a starter. That's how you're going to, you know, it, it allows him to then, if he's playing with BI and Zion, that he doesn't need to have, like, to run the offense. You can run the offense through point Zion. You can have... Brandon Ingram do it too. You might even have Herb Jones initiate with the ball to kind of make him more of an offensive threat. And that lets CJ kind of be off ball, not point guard CJ. And that's the best version of CJ McCollum. So you want him playing with the starters to kind of maximize him as a player. Denzel Horton asks, what's the infatuation with Daniel Gafford that some people have? I think when you look at people looking at for other centers, it's just simply like, it's not Jonas Valanciunas. It's just, it's any, anyone else, anyone else, other than Jonas Valanciunas. So that dude looks awesome from that. Gafford's like, fine. He's not a good player. He's not a bad player with anything like that. Voice of Reason says, make no mistake, the future of Zion is as a point guard, a ball handler, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I wouldn't call him a point guard. I would call him a, a ball handler. You know, and the Pelicans are doing, you know, ball handler by committee. There's no pure one on the roster outside of maybe. You could argue Jose Alvarado. I need to hang the jersey up too behind me. Um... So maybe you could you could argue it's him, but you're not going to start him. So they have a lot of like 0.5 ball handlers and things like that. And that equals one. Diesel24 says, I still think the Pelicans will regret getting rid of Jackson Hayes. I do not. I was very fine with watching him go. I could have told y'all that that was going to be the case. Kevin Byer says, Dyson Daniels could be a total stud if he could shoot. Well, yeah. They still feel highly about him you know, his ability to shoot. They think he can turn into a good shooter. The defense is there. The passing's there. So they're still very high on him and feel like that'll come around with time. We always knew that his offense was going to be a work in progress. So find ways to contribute outside of shooting and scoring. He's going to be okay. Or just play downhill like he did in summer league too. Just be like, I'm bigger and stronger than y'all. So I'm going to go and I'm going to attack the rim and score there. Savage says, do we go all in on Dame? So what's all in on Dame to you? You know, 
in a Damian Willard trade, and I'll pose this one to the chat here, who are you ruling out? If you go all in on Dame, are you going to trade Zion Williamson for him? That's the question. Because that's what would Portland would demand. They also, because they did, demand additional stuff with Zion Williamson. They're not sold on Zion Williamson. They, the Portland Trailblazers are not sold on Zion Williamson. As far as I understand, and the team would deny this and everyone would deny this, but Portland saw Zion Williamson's medicals. And they thought the medicals looked good. The reason they're kind of scared of Zion is literally everything else. The off-court stuff, the, the mentality stuff, the family stuff, those sorts of things. So yeah, you could get Damian Lillard if you trade Zion Williamson a first-round pick and like Herb Jones. You'd easily do that. Is that too much? Is that going all in on Dame? Would you do that? You know, would you put B.I. in a trade for Damian Lillard? Would you put Trey Murphy in three picks in a trade for Damian Lillard? I don't think the Pelicans want to do that, and that's why a deal hasn't gotten done. Because look, Portland won't get a better player in a deal than Zion Williamson. And so if it was just purely Zion Williamson for Damian Lillard, no picks, and then whatever kind of garbage salary you need to make it work, they, um, you know, I don't think Portland would get a better deal than that in terms of player here. So that's what's interesting. They're not going to take CJ McCollum back. They're not going to take CJ McCollum back. So we can kind of rule that out. It would be hilarious. You'd almost need to trade CJ and Larry Nance Jr. back to Portland if that was the case. And that's not going to happen. Like there's zero <laughs> savage. It's like never mind going all in on <laughs> CJ McCollum after I explained what going all in on CJ McCollum is. You know, if you could do it for, say, you rule out including Zion, Bi, Trey Murphy, CJ because they won't do it, and you put everyone else on the table, including you know whatever picks, three first round picks, four first round picks, like. You know, if you do going all in that way, like, sure, that'd be a fun team. That would be so much fun to watch a starting lineup of Damian Lillard, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Trey Herb, something, I don't know. Like, that would be great. I also think CJ probably has to go out in a deal, and I don't think they want to, like, bring him back, and that's kind of the problem there. So that's where some of the issues kind of come up. Like, trading for Damian Lillard might be tough. Scott Super says, hey, Jink. Hi, man. I was wondering what drove you to report on the Pelicans because your passion for the team is amazing. Is that supposed to be like an exclamation point or is that supposed to actually be a question mark? Because your passion for the team is amazing? Um, I don't know if that's an insult now question or not. So <laughs> giving you a hard time, man. Uh, I've done the show a couple times. I'll probably do this deeper in the off season too when I just like need content here. And I've talked a lot about my path on how I ended up hosting the show, how I ended up covering the team, and I've been doing this for over a decade at this point. I never thought I was gonna make it this long. Um, and at times, it's literally like the Dark Knight quote, right, of like, die the hero, live long enough to see yourself become the villain with the way some people kind of, younger people too, come at me because I'm established media now, just as I was when I started doing this too, so it's kind of funny here. Um, but I'll probably do a full show on that. You can, if you search, I, I do it almost every single year. Um, but I have a background in writing and other things too. And this just as a big basketball fan made a lot of natural sense for me. And over the years, my role kind of grew and grew and grew, um, till I ended up posting this and kind of turning into 
what it is, which by the way, is the number one Pelicans podcast out there. And there's a lot of competition on a lot of actually really great shows in that space too. So I'm very proud of all of that. Um, 4 million listeners, something like that in the past year. So it's pretty cool. It's also a testament to all of y'all because if there wasn't this passionate fan base for me to talk to, I wouldn't be doing it. I like get fueled off of everyone in the chat here, all of the comments on YouTube, a lot of the Twitter interactions, not all of them because sometimes people are mean. Um, but this is really because of like all of y'all with, with everything and why my passion so high is it makes it easy when there's this fan base to kind of interact with and speak with. So it's less me and more you is the way I will always describe that. Um, the other, the other part of that is I will always help out people trying to come up. I love to promote other people. Uh, Rel Myers was messaging me the other day, wanting to like excitedly talk to me about some stuff that I can't share with y'all though. The second that I can, you know, she'll know that I'm going to blow it up on the show here. We had John O'Barnes in the shirt, love promoting that, you know, so if you're writing somewhere, if you're writing for a smaller website, if you're doing a smaller podcast, Reach out to me. My DMs are open. I am happy to go on and be a guest on your show. People ask me all the time. I've gone on shows that get like 20 views because it's small and they're just starting out. And if I can help people, I want to do that because people help me kind of reach the point where we are right now. So I love doing this. I'm happy to help out. People send me articles. Can you read them? Can you give me advice? Like, sure. I will help anyone out who is not a dick is the best way I can describe it. There's a number of people who just try and come at me being like, you're, you're an idiot and I hate you and you're dumb. I'm not going to help you. There's better ways to do all of that. So um, I'm happy to help out others if there's anyone here in the chat that needs something like that. DM me. The DMs are open though. I don't know if you can really like DM stuff anymore on Twitter, X, whatever it is. <laughs> no insult, just love the content and can see why it's successful. Keep up the grind. I appreciate you, dude. Um, Inferno to Saints says, do they sell Saint uh, USA Select player jerseys? I don't think they sell the Select team. Like, you're not going to be able to get a Trey Murphy one, right? Do they even sell the Team USA jerseys? Can you buy an Ingram 7? He's 7, right? Jersey? I'm not even sure, but I would actually kind of like one. So, it's uh, pretty... Pretty cool to see the guys out there. It'd be fun to get like all of the, there's a lot of Pelicans playing in FIBA. Like it'd be really cool to see all of their jerseys or get all of their jerseys and have like the complete collection there. I'm him says if there's one reasonable center you could trade for, who would it be? Jared Allen. Like it would be Jared Allen. I think he's a great fit. Like I truly think he's a great fit. I would trade for Jared Allen like easily. Um, so yeah. So let's end there. We've gone almost says 48 minutes here. So it's about 46 minutes, 45 minutes of the show. So we do these every Thursday. So if we don't, if I didn't get to your question, if you come up with a question later and you're like, oh, I should have asked next week, we're going to be right here. 7 p.m. Central doing the live show. I'll hang up the Jose Alvarado jersey. I'll get the Dior Jordan that's melting back up behind me too. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to keep doing these in the off season. Don't forget countdown Mondays here on Locked On Pelicans. What if Wednesdays on Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are y'all just putting out like random random names in there. Why are we saying Alexia Jinsa? I saw um, other names out there uh, as well. Nology says, can we get another show with Antonio Daniels? Yes, we will get Antonio Daniels back on. He's a friend of the show. Um, sometimes he texts me and it's like, I want to come on and we got to talk about something. And I'm like, we're going to make it happen. Antonio Daniels is the absolute man. Thank you all so much. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. This has been the Locked On Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're an everydayer, I love you. I love you all anyway. Here, yeah, I'll show the shirt again. 
the, the John O'Barnes, this ish more than a game. See y'all next week. I appreciate you being here and I'll be back with y'all on Monday to do another countdown. Pelicans killers. That's going to be Monday show. See y'all then.